everybody. Hello. Welcome to Don't Look At Me Pod. Uh, S4E5, I believe I'm correct in saying that. Um, yes. Yeah, w- welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome back. Hopefully. Well, Hopefully you're back for more. Yeah, or to any new uh, new listeners um, or watchers, because as we mentioned last week, we have started a video component to the podcast. Um, I figured out how to edit that, you know, fairly well. So we'll we'll keep doing that, I think. Uh, so for any audio only listeners, you can go to, um, I think it's Don't Look at Me Pod at, uh, on YouTube, um, but we will link it in the, <laughs> in the description. But I mean, like, you know, we will. Um, and yeah, that's like a new thing we're doing. So you can watch the episode if you don't just want to listen to it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So exciting. I love our new video component. It's kind of, uh, it's fun. I feel like it it is fun. It's a, it's a new exciting, you guys, I feel like you're getting to know us better. Um, we're getting to know each other better. Uh, and I feel like this is something we probably wouldn't have done were it not for covid because i feel like i don't know why i feel like it's weird to record a video podcast if you're in the same room with the person it's just like it's not but it feels weird to me um so even though Chantel and i only live like five minutes away from each other um we haven't seen one another in months (laughs) so uh the silver lining is you get the video podcast out of this yeah honestly dude i was like thinking to myself i was like dude i haven't seen michaela since before Christmas so I was like you know the video component isn't just nice for like any of our you know listeners of the pod but when you sent me the video when it was done um you know uh when like it was do you were done editing it I was like actually the video component is really nice just for me (laughs) just like oh I get to see Michaela (laughs) that's nice it is it's nice it feels like when I'm editing it back uh it's like oh I had a conversation with Chantel like it feels more real (laughs) Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, definitely. Kind of sad, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. Pretty sad. Yeah. But hey, we're not going to think about that. We're going to power through. Um, So on the show this week, we're doing something that we do pretty much every season a couple times. Um, We watch a movie and we talk about it. So if that's interesting to you in our previous seasons, you'll find you know, several episodes about that. Um, and yeah, we, we are not film critics. I do have a degree in communication media and film, but we're not film critics. Um, but we just sort of give you our impressions. Of, like we watched Hubie Halloween between last season and this season, just as like a fun thing to do. Um, and then other times we'll watch movies that we're more serious about or like not that I'm not genuinely interested in Hubie Halloween, but just like our more serious <laughs> movies, um, which is kind of what it is today. So we watched the 2020 uh, Brandon Cronenberg film, Possessor. Um, I actually forgot. I think I did know this. I haven't really watched a lot of David Cronenberg, his father. I haven't really watched a lot of his movies, but I've always meant to sort of start watching body horror movies. Um, and I just like... I don't know. I just haven't done it. Um, but I, I forgot that they were Canadian. Uh, so this is a Canadian movie. So I didn't realize until the opening credits were coming up and it was like, it had all these like Ontario presents and like all these things. I was like, oh shit. Um, so it was kind of cool. I thought. Yeah. I really actually enjoyed that. Cause when I was, um, you know, we, we, we had to choose between, you know, what movies we were going to review. And I had been looking at possessor and I was like, oh, you know, it's a Canadian like director, um, and writer, you know, Brendan Cronenberg, and he's the son of David Cronenberg, so they're Canadians, this was shot in Toronto, I'm like, when I was watching the movie, I'm like, dude, Mikhail and I have been on that subway, you know, I was like, oh, that's so cool, I, I, I love to, you know, support, like, Canadian, you know, uh, created things, like, because I feel like, you know, so I, I don't really look for it, but when I come across it, I'm like, hell yeah, you know? Totally, there's actually one, because I feel like, um, the thing with Canadian films is that they get a bad rap because they sometimes lack, you know, sufficient production quality. They don't always feel like, you, you can like tell it's Canadian sometimes. And I'm not even saying that in a bad way. Like 
I, I just feel like there is enough funding and, and that's a huge issue. So it's nothing, it's not a dig at any creators or actors or anything like that. Um, but it's just, you can only do so much with a budget and it, you can still have a great movie. Um, there's one I actually stumbled across recently and I'll double check it in a second, but um, to make sure it is Canadian, but I'm pretty sure it is. Um, it's called The Vast of Night. And I think it came out in 2019. I never heard of it. I was just like look, like looking for a scary movie to watch one night. And this came up and it had like pretty good reviews. I watched the trailer and it seemed very interesting. Um, I won't really give anything away, you know, in terms of what it's about. I like to go into movies not really knowing a lot. But if you want to get like a general synopsis, uh, you can look that up. It's not like a totally scary, scary horror movie. And we'll get into that conversation. Um but it was just like so well acted, so creepy. It did like scare me. Like the, the the stuff that was happening freaked me out. And there were a couple of really tense scenes that sort of take place mostly over the phone. And like I just thought the whole movie did a really good job at building tension. And I was talking to somebody about it afterwards and they were like, oh, isn't that Canadian? And I was like, is it? And I think I checked and it was. Um, so I would also recommend that movie if anybody's looking for a solid uh, CanCon movie to check out. Damn, that's super cool. We love all those, these Canadian recommendations. Definitely. Um, the Vast of Night is... Uh, I just want to... Is this Canadian? <laughs> no, it's American. <laughs> oh, Michaela. Sorry. No. Uh, that's okay. It's, um, you know, I'll stand by it because it's really good so um I so still check it out still check it out it's something like a lower budget movie like it's not like crazy crazy high budget and honestly and I don't mean this in a bad way it does kind of look Canadian like when someone when the person said that to me afterwards I was like it kind of seems Canadian um but I fooled myself but it's a really good movie I highly recommend um and yeah so, Chantal, I was thinking about this movie after I watched it, mm-hmm. of course. And what I wanted to ask you, this is a conversation like we've had. I know I've expressed frustration with a certain side of this conversation. Um, is So this is a horror film, um, and we'll sort of get into the plot in a second. But something that happens with horror movies and people who really like horror movies is sometimes there's a conversation that ends up coming up about is this a horror movie? Because, and I don't really have the, I feel like I don't really have the vocabulary to describe this situation because it is confusing to me that uh, people seem to be very keen to say that certain things aren't horror movies if they aren't like packed with really, really scary things. And I think the people who say that are not even just people who are really interested or who really respond to cheap jump scares like I think people who really care about the genre and who care about movies and horror movies mean a lot to them you know people I would relate to in that way do have sometimes have the opinion of well I don't really know if that would be a horror movie because it wasn't super scary and it didn't like freak me out and oftentimes when I watch a horror movie especially a lot of the newer sort of indie ones that are getting released now and maybe just like with the internet are, you know, people know about them more, you know, they're just more readily available to find out about at least than they would be 10, 15 years ago. Um, And so sometimes what happens with those like indie horror movies or horror movies that take in different, you know, elements of different genres where they have a really solid, they have really solid characters um, and it's very tense, but there's nothing like, you know, overtly over the top scary but it is creepy and weird and disturbing and and those sorts of movies oftentimes I sort of feel like if I'm describing it to somebody I have to say like it's not crazy scary but it is overall disturbing like unsettling and you know maybe also really well acted and that sort of thing and so I think people again some people who I would really respect and agree with on a lot of other things would say which I find frustrating that a certain movie I think even like Possessor is not really a horror movie because it's not like jam-packed with like these over-the-top sort of scares 
um, even when they're not talking about cheap jump scares, you know? So what do you think about that whole conversation? I've sort of said, you know, my thoughts mm-hmm. on it now. Yeah, no, dude, I, I think that's a really interesting conversation because, um, you know, like if we're just talking about this movie, Possessor, uh, 100% it's a horror movie, in my opinion. Like, I think that horror is such a, is such a kind of like, you know, you have the horror genre and within that, I feel like there are so many sub-genres, right? Like you have like psychological, you have killer, you have like monster, you have paranormal, there's like gore and disturbing, like... There, there's so many different types of, of things that could be placed into the horror genre. So I don't like the idea that horror just needs to personally, like, scare you. Um, like, I don't, uh, you know, and, and I feel like maybe, like, especially with, like, um, you know, like, uh, I, I don't know if this really has anything to do with it, but I think of, like, you know, like, movies that come out in theater and they're just to kind of get, like, all the all the teenagers to go out and, and give them, like, a quick scare and then they leave. Like, I feel like there has been kind of, like, a, <laughs> like, a contamination in, like, horror of just, like, okay, let's give people, like, these really cheap jump scares and, like, an hour and a half of just, like, oh, like, there's a scary doll, or there's this dead nun, and oh, that's scary, and, you know, that's it. But there are so many things, like, that I think are horror. Like, even, you know, like I said, like, with this movie, it's like, it's like a sci-fi horror. Like, I just think that the horror is such a vague term. There are so many sub-genres underneath that that you could, um, that you can do, you know, there's like comedy horror, there's, uh, you know, sci-fi horror, there's revenge horror, there's found footage, there's the creepy kid, there's body horror, goth horror, there's so, so much like that, that encompasses horror. I don't think it should just be like, it's like people want to take the horror genre and put in this, this tiny little box of just, oh, well, if, if, if it doesn't scares, if it doesn't scare me personally, then it's not a horror movie. And, and I completely disagree with that. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense what you're saying about the subgenres. I was thinking about that earlier too. Like, horror is a unique genre in a few different ways. One in that I think people who really like horror movies really, really like horror movies, and um, they're very passionate about it. And um, you know, I think I would definitely uh, consider myself as like that sort of person. Um, so I, th- I think that kind of differentiates it. You don't really have people who are like drama movie heads who are like freaking out and whatever. Um, even with comedy movies, which is a more like genre specific type of film, I feel like that doesn't really happen. And within horror, which is unique, I think, to this, you know, genre is that there are so many subgenres. you know, um, there's like you said, you named a lot of them like slasher paranormal stuff, body horror, more sci-fi things. There are so many different types of horror and people who are really interested in the genre, um, which I'm going to be saying that a lot this episode, by the way, people who are really interested in the genre um, are, they're also then really interested in the subgenres and talking about these types of horror movies and, and what type of movie is this? And like, you know, the, the cult classics and the movies that originated like the slasher genre, for example, um, they, they get really excited talking about the subgenres and, uh, I get that. And that's really exciting. And I think that's a good thing to like have all these little categories. It's like fun. Um, but then kind of what gets frustrating to me is when some people, because I don't know, they say like, well, it didn't scare me. So I don't really think it was an effective horror movie. And honestly, that's fair enough. Like I can't even really argue with that too much because like I said, they might not even be looking for cheap jump scares necessarily. Like they might not be that type of, they might know a lot about this sort of film, but still want to be really, really scared by it. And uh, I, you know, I totally get that. Um, But I think that these sort of more subtle, oftentimes more like character driven, unnerving, sort of horror movies I don't think they should be you know put separate maybe put them in their own subgenre or something and you know just like how some people might prefer slasher movies and not really like you know paranormal things or whatever right um or might not really be interested in body horror that's that's fine you're not saying it's not horror you just don't this type of movie maybe isn't your your thing so I feel like it would be better if this you know these sorts of movies were in their own genre and 
but weren't like, well, it's not horror because it's not scary. It's like, well, I guess it's not scary to you, but there are other things that aren't scary to me that are definitely horror movies. Like I don't really find the Saw films scary. I just find them um, over the top and not in like a fun, cool way. I just, I don't like them, and they, but they don't really freak me out really. Um, whereas a movie like Possessor or, you know, The Vast of Night, which I just talked about, um, you know, it can really sort of freak you out. I think Midsummer is a good example um, that are a little bit more unnerving and kind of stay with you. I think Babadook is a good example, but it does have more overt scares because it's a little bit more of the traditional horror movie sort of thing, but it's a little more artsy at the same time. So all that is to say, there's a lot going on with horror movies. There's a lot of history with the genre. Um, all the subgenres are super interesting. Um, and, you know, the fact that this is Brandon Cronenberg is really interesting and his father obviously has history. Um, and, and so that connection is really cool. Uh, but it is a little bit frustrating that some people want to cast a certain movie out just because it's not their type of horror movie. Um, but I think it's an interesting conversation nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, yeah. uh, see, dude, I just want to say one more quick thing. Like, um, I, I find myself liking, like, horror movies that are actually more like there's an underlying horror. Like, I don't really like s- stuff that is so, like, overtly, like, horrific or, like, I like things that are more like, oh, like, this is really unnerving or, like, like I think I think a movie that does it really well is The Witch. Like, a lot of people, like, I know me and you, we saw that together in the theater mm-hmm. and, like, all the people were there were like, what the fuck? And me and you were like, dude, like, this movie rules. Like, we love this movie because it just, like, it just has, I'm sorry to use the word vibe, but it just has, like, <laughs> such a, like, underlying vibe of, like, oh my god, I feel so, like, unnerved and there's, like, such, like, an uneasiness and, like, uh, I, I love that kind of horror where it's like, oh my God, I feel so uncomfortable or like my heart is beating my chest. Like you have like a physical kind of reaction to it or like, oh God, what is going on? Or even like, you know, like I, I know Hereditary is more like overtly scary, but like, uh, you know, I, I love horror movies more so like that than something like, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of any like <laughs> horror movies that are trying to be like overtly scary. Like I guess like, like Ouija or like Annabelle or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, I I totally feel you. I think, yeah, I feel the same way that I usually end up responding more and feel more impacted by these types of movies. I mean, Hereditary, I think, yeah, is more like traditionally scary. And that movie, the first time I saw it, freaked me the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it just like... Even like The Conjuring, especially the first Conjuring movie, much more traditional, but really well done, really effective. So, um, you know, there's more traditional ones. I love a lot of like early slasher films. I love like Friday the 13th. I started watching those recently and and really enjoy those. Um, Mm -hmm. There are a lot of really great ones. I think actually a good sort of earlier example of that is The Shining, um, where, again, there's a lot of like traditional horror imagery I guess like things going on so it's not a total just like art house and I get sometimes these things are a little pretentious like I saw somebody saying once on Twitter like I'm sick of horror movies where it's like well the real horror is dealing with like the you know interpersonal struggle between death and life and like all these like complicated (laughs) metaphors are the real antagonist I get why that is like sometimes a little bit much um but I also think it's really cool and I think horror has actually always done that it's just uh maybe been sort of uh presented with that traditional horror imagery on top of it but it's actually quite a deep genre when you go into it and then you also Mm -hmm. just have really fun horror movies um a lot of like the classics sort of are just fun and and I get that you know Evil Dead is like one of my favorite movies um so there's a lot to be said so for anybody who doesn't really know a lot about horror um but is interested in learning more um I don't really know where I would tell you to start there's so much there um (laughs) you've come to the right place yeah you've come to the right place maybe start with Possessor see if that's your thing um you just gotta like try stuff out and uh see like what works for you what you find really scary I used to really, like, as a teenager, I would go to see a lot of horror movies with my friends, but, like, 
I would just like watch it behind my hands the whole time. I was like, I would pay full price, full admission, go there and not watch it. And everybody would be like, why do you do that? And I was like, I'm too scared, but I also really have a fun time anyways, even though I don't see it, it's fun. Like I still get scared. So it's very fun to me. And then at some point I was like, oh, there are a lot of good horror movies coming out. Um, I think once I got older, like, you know, maybe 19, 18, something like that. I was like, I'd like to actually see one of these movies. I'd like to, you know, really watch it and enjoy it. And so I've just taught myself to, you know, not be so freaked out by it. Um, but yeah, there's, I think there's something out there for everybody in the genre. It's, you know, there's, there's a lot going on with it and there's such a history within it's just so interesting. So I think anybody can find something with it, whether it's more modern, you know, contemporary, maybe like kind of artsy stuff, or if it's, really classic slasher movies or if it's all of it and you enjoy all of it for different reasons um you know there's there's so much out there yeah there's something for everyone yeah um one last question before we actually get into possessor um i was thinking about this today and i don't know if you'll have an answer so if you don't have a definitive answer that's fine do you Mm -hmm. have a favorite horror movie or what would be in contention at least for that for you yeah see whenever i get asked this question i kind of have two answers that are kind of my go-to um i have like kind of a classic horror favorite and like a a a modern kind of favorite um so like the classic one that i always say is is the shining like classic psychological horror i i think that that movie is great and then i also say normally like for my favorite modern horror is hereditary just cuz i was like i was so blown away by that movie and like i i like you know when i was a teenager i used to be scared of like you know paranormal activity like that was kind of my you know like what i was scared of but like uh, you know, there were a lot of horror movies I would watch and I'd be like, yeah, like I had kind of like a scare for an hour and 30 minutes. But after when I left the theater, it's like, I don't even think about it. I sleep soundly that night. Hereditary was like one of the movies that I'd watch like as an adult. And I was like, holy shit, like I can't stop thinking about this movie. I'm scared to go to bed. Is Toni Collette on top of my ceiling waiting for me? Like she's ready to pounce, you know? Um, so those are usually the two movies that I say are, are, are my favorites. Um, but there are like so many that I love like like I said like the witch I love and like you know they're uh, like even like possessor like sorry to spoil my thoughts but this was this was really good so like mm-hmm. you know that there, there are so many that I think I can name as being my my favorite but those are kind of my go-to when people ask me yeah it's it's really hard to pinpoint it like there I I I don't think I would have an answer because I think I would just end up naming like 10 different things and being like, these are all examples of things I really like. Mm -hmm. Um, I think hereditary comes close for sure. It's definitely at the top. Um, Like you said, I mean, even when I rewatch it, it still freaks me out, but it was such a good experience watching that movie for the first time, going into it, not really knowing a lot about it. Um, You know, having seen the trailers and being really interested in it, but really not knowing a whole lot about it. Um, and yeah, the I remember like the we went to see it together. I remember watching it, and I was like, "Holy fuck, dude! I'm so scared. <laughs> this is so good. Like, oh my I god, know. it was just such a good experience to see that movie for the first time. It, yeah, it was really really special. So it's uh, you know, I think the first time you watch a scary movie, and it really makes an impact on you uh it's it's hard to get that you know initial impact back I think but it still is like that movie pays dividends for sure and like you can totally rewatchable and then still really creepy um but just truly like I'm gonna sound like such a dick but just truly a masterpiece of filmmaking it's so good um Midsummer I think is also really really great and its own thing for sure um Mm -hmm even with like the whole trilogy sort of theory or whatever about it um okay so um i so possessor this movie again came out in 2020 um we will be spoiling it um we won't you know run through every single element of the plot um but you know recommend you watch it first um or that you don't really care about it before you continuing continue watching this episode or listening to this episode of the show um like we said, Canadian 
um, horror sci-fi movie. Um, uh, uh, Brandon Cronenberg uh, directed it and um, he also wrote it and uh, really good movie. I'll, I'll spoil my initial thoughts about it at first too. Um, like I said, I never really watched a lot of body horror previously and actually after I watched this I was like I've been meaning to watch The Fly for a really long time um, which is a David Cronenberg film and uh, I just I've meant to watch it and I thought again like the body horror genre would be something that I um, would either be too freaked out by to actually watch or would be very uh, exciting for me to watch and like a really cool experience so but I just hadn't done it yet so I thought about watching The Fly after it today but I ended up doing something else um, so I definitely want to watch that in the near future uh, so this was I think you know for the most part I'm sure I've seen other movies that have like these elements to it um, but this is probably my first like body horror type movie I also don't normally love sci-fi movies they're just like not totally my thing and from what I know I think body horror brings in some of those elements usually um and that's totally chill um but yeah what are your sort of what were your initial thoughts or what kind of notes do you have about the movie Chantel um like my my overall thoughts or thoughts that I had watching either either or whatever you want to go for or well um I do go into this movie not knowing anything like I just kind of read like a one sentence synopsis about uh you know the movie so I I just kind of wanted to have an idea of what I was going into I guess so I was like okay yeah there's this um you know there's this person called a possessor and they're you know um like basically possessing people's like bodies and you know we're following this you know lady named boss and she's you know basically like an assassin and she's like committing you know murders through like other people so it was like a really interesting um like plot I was like damn this is really cool um it was funny though Michaela because I watched this movie um like literally just this morning and you know I was like oh you know I'm gonna like make myself some breakfast and then you know I'll sit down at my at my computer and watch this movie and within like the first five minutes <laughs> this lady's like stabbing this man to death I was like I better stop eating because it was you know this movie was pretty gory I was actually surprised I was like holy shit this is really gory and like yeah, violent I yeah, I did. Uh, the the opening like the opening scene of this movie also is very cool. Like it was a really impactful, really cool opening scene. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it, it is pretty gory, and the movie is gory overall. Um, it's not like constantly throughout people are dying left and right, but it's sort of you know as you get into like the third act, especially, and things start kind of ramping up uh there's a lot more of that going on but there is definitely some of that throughout and it's you know they don't shy away from it I always really like that like I'm I really like gore I kind of think it's hard to go uh over the top with it I think when it goes to like a torture place sometimes I question the director's motives for doing that especially when it's like a man torturing a woman or a woman being tortured on screen I do question that sometimes um but I don't think that was the case in this movie um but yeah, definitely very, uh, they don't shy away from the sort of gore, again, obviously like the body horror genre element of it. And when that scene came up, I was like, oh, I know Chantel doesn't do great with that sort of thing. I hope she's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know, the good thing though, Michaela, is that like, if I'm watching a movie at home, I can pause it. I can take a second to like... <laughs> you know or like I just kind of cover my eyes because you know like usually usually like I don't know why but like blood on screen doesn't normally bother me too too much because it's like I know that it's fake but I don't know like I don't know it, it's like different it's like oh well compared to like let's say that somebody is like a gunshot wound I wouldn't really feel affected by that but just like the stabbing and like seeing the blood come out and like the sound I'm like wow, that's a lot, you know? So like, I did take I did take a couple of breaks just to be like, whew, all right, let's just take, we'll take a second and then and then we'll come back. But you know, I, I like, I, you know, I agree with you. Like, I think that gore is like, cool. And like, you know, yeah, the opening scene, I was like, holy shit, this is intense, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I was, I, I was okay for the most part with the, with the blood and the gore. Yeah. And it, um, yeah, I didn't really know a lot going into it either, like just read the synopsis um, and the sort of general, uh, you know, idea of it and heard that it was 
was getting like pretty good reviews like really you know people were really responding to it which I thought was cool um so yeah I didn't go into it knowing a lot and um it definitely (laughs) almost in spite of the conversation that I had at the beginning of this episode uh it, it does definitely like play out a little bit closer to a thriller I would say overall um just in terms of the pacing and the story elements I guess if that makes sense um you know definitely body horror definitely creepy un- unnerving really effective um but I think the you know the overall the way it plays out again I just think in terms of the pacing um it felt a little bit more like uh you know like a thriller sort of film where uh you're following this character um Christopher Abbott who's basically trying to figure out what's going on and him struggling with uh Tasia the assassin who was uh basically possessed him via the implant you know after this uh the murder takes place uh of his uh uh Uh, fiance and her father um this assassination takes place she has she can't uh she can't get out she his will is sort of like taking over um and so you know I think for for those reasons it felt a little bit more like a thriller um because it wasn't like there was a even with like the generally creepy horror movies like overall just kind of creepy horror movies I think even with those around every corner you're sort of anticipating something really scary to happen whereas with this movie I wasn't really anticipating something scary I was more anticipating like what is this character going to do next like are they going to figure out this struggle who's going to come out on top of this struggle who's the person who's actually committing uh you know these murders right here like which one of them is it um so I thought in that it didn't like it, it was definitely tense but it wasn't oh I'm terrified and I don't say that is a bad thing or to say that it's not a horror movie it's definitely like a body horror thing um but I just thought in terms of like the pacing and the focus of the story uh being on that struggle and trying to like pull out of it um felt much more like sci-fi thriller than it did straight up horror to me to me um which I thought was interesting um I don't know if you felt the same way yeah so you do like I feel like this movie um kind of has like what I was talking about like earlier kind of like that underlying kind of horror aspect like I I I think now that you mentioned it I I do agree with you about it feeling kind of like thrillery um in in that way but like um I guess the thing that I found like scary like I, I know that we're we're able to spoil the movie so I guess I can kind of like get into it is like you know like it's like you know we we open with this scene and she's possessing this like girl named Holly and you know they 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 kill this man and then you know she like Voss wakes up and like we we understand what's going on that like you know she she she, she's doing uh you know she's working as like an assassin and like you know uh I guess I, I I don't know what to call like her her supervisor I guess is kind of like taking like you know the the these tests to make sure that she's good and that she's connected to like her own reality and like you know she's saying like oh i need a i need a break from this like i'm i'm going to end up hurting my family and all this stuff and then i found it so interesting cuz she goes to visit her family and she has like trouble acting like herself like she's standing outside of her like husband and son's home and she's just practicing like normal conversation like being like oh hello darling oh hi darling oh uh, hi darling and and saying like I'm absolutely starving like over and over and over again and I was just like wow like that's so interesting that you feel like you can't even make like normal conversation it's kind of like uh, like uh, she's finding it hard to be herself from from before it's like kind of like the contrast of like oh who she was as like this you know mother and 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 you know uh, wife and and now who she's becoming as like this assassin and even when she's visiting her family it's like she's talking to her husband and like uh she she sees like blood pouring out of a stab wound in his neck it's like the memories of uh what she's doing is like almost like blending into her real life um and like you know she I find that like I was like oh she finds her it seems like she found her real life like quite boring like she you know like there's like a sex scene and like she's just like it's just lifeless like she's just like 
what is going on like I just you know and then she like after that scene it's like she's calling into work again and being like oh I'm ready I'm ready to go back in I'm ready to start again <laughs> and you're like dude I thought you just said like yesterday you were like oh I need a break I I, I need a second to like you know uh I need a second to myself and I need to see my family and then the next day she's like no, I, I need to get back. I, and her husband's like, I thought you were taking a break. And she's like, yeah, no, something came up. It's like, she's lying. Yeah. I um, I know this is a weird thought to have, but in that scene you're talking about after uh, the opening where she, you know, takes over Holly's body and commits this murder. And when she's coming out of it, um, her supervisor goes through, you know, you know, Voss goes through uh, a, a box of mostly personal items and a couple of, you know, one at least planted item. And with each item, she has to say, yes, I know what this is. This is mine. This is significant to me. It's, you know, the one that sort of stands out is the butterfly that I killed and mounted when I was a little kid. And when she, um, I was reading about the movie afterwards, I guess I just didn't catch on to this. Um, but at the end of the movie, after she comes out of this like horrible thing where her family is murdered um she is doing the same exercise and she looks at the butterfly and the first time she says you know uh, that she she still feels guilty about having killed it when she was a little kid uh but when she looks at it after the the final mission or after that incident she doesn't say she feels guilty or anything she just identifies it and moves on um but after the opening scene when she's doing that activity for the first time uh, and her boss is like, her supervisor is, you know, is of course pushing for her to basically not have a family anymore. And we see how that comes into play later when she, um, you know, possesses her son basically uh, in order to like have some control over the situation and the son ends up being murdered. Um, the boss obviously, her her boss obviously wants her to... Um, you know, just not really have any personal attachments. They kind of weigh you down, want you to just focus on being an assassin for me, please. And when she was going through that first exercise that time, um, I just felt like, okay, if you were really, if you were, say you were really in this situation and you were really screening somebody to see like, okay, this is obviously a huge thing you just did. You just murdered somebody. Um, you died in this body also. So you also murdered someone else. Um, and you carried out this mission as somebody totally different. It's a really intense situation. Now you're back in your own body and, and going through this. I don't think that it is enough to look at a couple objects in a box and say, yeah, this is what this is. Uh, no, this isn't mine. Yes, this is mine. And this is why it's significant to me. I understand why that would be important. I just felt like there should be a series of activities or, you know, do some blood work. Or I just felt like... <laughs> You know, this is not a knock against the movie, but I just felt like she is not doing and you might as well not do this activity because this is so pointless. This is not. Yeah, a, this is not proper. This is not going to be helpful. Right. Well, dude, I think that like, you know, like when, when I was watching, I just kind of thought like, oh, well, they're 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 specifically making sure that she's identifying her own objects to make sure that she is not attached to this body in any way because that's the whole thing about like the possession thing because there's like a point where she's like in Colin's body for like longer than she should be and they're like if she stays in there for much longer like there's gonna be like brain damage or like it's like their their memories are starting to almost like sink at one point like when like like because you know like it, it's like she um she doesn't maintain complete control of like the body that she's in like we we witnessed it a couple of times where she can't uh you know in order to to get herself out of the possession and back into her body um she like she has to take a gun and put it in her mouth and, and kill her kill like the the body that she's possessing and she doesn't have complete control like she can't pull the trigger to get her get out of the possession and um <laughs> I just feel like, uh, you know, we, we see a point where like Colin is kind of almost like becoming the, the dominant, you know, one in the body. And uh, it's like, uh, there's like a scene where they show like Vosk almost like tearing herself away from Colin. And it's like, you know, then he, he sees like uh, where she lives and uh, who like uh, her her son and, and her husband is. And I'm like, oh my God, this is gonna end terribly. Like when I saw that scene, I was like, 
they're gonna die. I was like, I, I see this coming from a mile away. These people are fucked. They're all dead. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, you knew that that was not gonna uh, End well. go well. Yeah. Um, the thing that I wanted to, and I was just reading, like, I read over the plot after I watched it just to make sure I didn't, like, miss anything. And, you know, I totally understood who was doing what when. I feel like I do that after a lot of movies. Um, and I did. I understood it. Um, but the thing that, I don't know, I guess I was, like, a little bit, uh, unsure about is in that final scene where she, her husband, uh, is dead christopher you know killed him um Mm -hmm. while trying to find information about where voss was and like trying to handle the situation killed her husband um and as she or i guess christopher you're supposed to think that it's still christopher who's in control at that point and he shoots her son um but the thing that was I don't know, kind of confusing to me, and I'm not sure if I was just misreading it, was as she was shooting her son, um, they do this a couple times in the movie, you see her face, like, it's just uh, Christopher's body is what you've seen the whole time, like, murdering her husband and whatever. But then as as he's shooting her son, it's her face uh, that comes through. And I wasn't sure, like, she's sort of screaming when she's doing it, but I wasn't sure if that was just to represent that she is obviously still in the body and she knows what's happening and she's in the body of somebody who's killing her son, but she can't control it. So I wasn't sure if it was supposed to show that sort of struggle and, like, how awful this is for her, or I wasn't sure if the movie was implying that she now has control back and she's the one who's killing her son uh in this which i know sounds crazy but it's a crazy movie and you know in in the heat of it in the in the intensity of the moment um and also like because she's been told she's obviously not really interested in her family life anymore she doesn't spend a lot of time with them so when i read afterwards that they just described it as christopher doing all those things including shooting her son i was like okay that does make sense i'm just not sure did I just misread it? Should they have made it more clear that it was him and she was struggling when we saw her face and that's what that was? Or was it she was the one doing it because she's just so crazy now? What I don't know. Did you think any? Did you notice that or see anything with that? Yeah. No, do that. That, that is interesting. Like, yeah, because that ending kind of scene, um, I was like, I think this is supposed to be a little bit confusing because you know when like, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, I guess... Christopher, um, when he's, um, when he's, like, holding the gun to her husband's head, and then, like, he's, like, where are you? Like, come out! And, like, Voss is there, and, uh, he's saying, like, you, you made me kill, like, like, you know, my, my fiancé and, and, and my future, like, father-in-law, and, and, and and she's, like, no, I didn't do that, you did that, and then, like, they're having, like, this conversation, and then she says, you know what, just do it, just kill, just kill Michael, like, my husband, just, like kill him and like I like for me I thought that that was like um Colin doing that like I thought like or Christopher like I thought that that was him doing that like killing her husband to get back at her for what she made him do in his body but then when it came to her son I think that that was her killing him like I thought that she like was like you know what like uh I'm dedicated to like this assassin lifestyle and like that was the thing that her supervisor had been talking about like at the beginning of the movie like after she committed that um you know murder as holly when she came back into when she returned to uh when voss returned to her own body it was like her supervisor saying like oh like there's just a thread there like there's this weakness and this weakness is your your family uh and like i think that voss was like yeah like fuck my family, let's get out of here, let's, like, get rid of, like, you know, there. if there's no family, there's, like, no feelings, and there's no guilt, and, you know, at the end of the movie, you know, like, like you mentioned, when she doesn't mention that she feels bad about the butterfly being mounted, then we understand, like, she shed that weakness, she, she doesn't have any more guilt, like, 
this this assassin side like she's completely she's completely there now like there's no uh <laughs> there's no there's nothing left of who like she was this is this is who she is and like you know there was even a part like earlier um in the in the movie where like they're questioning when she was holly and she 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 killed that man she stabbed him to death and her supervisor's like well why did you why did you stab him like you you had a we gave you a pistol but you stabbed him to death and her supervisor asks why and Voss responds that it was more in character and her supervisor asks her whose character and she doesn't respond like Voss doesn't respond and i thought that was super interesting cuz i'm like oh like uh, uh it's like she was trying to convince her supervisor that it was more in character for Holly but no, it's more in character for Voss. So like, we understand like, oh yeah, she's completely, uh, she's completely in this now. Like that, that, that's what I kind of thought about it. Yeah, that's a good point. I remember, yeah, I remember that earlier on and thinking that was interesting too. And then I like just kind of forgot about it. But that makes me think, because if you think about the other kills, she, as Christopher, shoots the father or stabs the father-in-law, like, you know, a much more vicious messy murder but shoots mm-hmm. the fiance mm-hmm. but then her husband like Voss's husband I don't is he shot at all like I think he's killed with that cleaver but then her her yeah. son is shot yeah so that would if 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 that was intentional I don't know if it you know I know everything should be intentional in like movies but I don't know if that's supposed to imply that whenever somebody is killed with uh, a weapon unnecessary when you have a much cleaner easier weapon like a gun whenever somebody is killed with something else like a cleaver or whatever she killed the father-in-law with that's her which would imply that christopher shot his fiance himself which is as you mentioned kind of what she says earlier as well as her son uh, even though we see her face at the time. But again, still don't know what that was. So that's uh, interesting. It would be interesting. I haven't really read like people's theories or anything about it. Um, so I'm not sure like what folks are thinking. Um, I don't think it's a very, you know, uh, I don't think it's a movie that's trying to trick anyone or leave a lot of things up to interpretation like maybe a few things but some movies you can tell like they're really not giving you a lot of answers whereas this I don't think it was super confusing but it's just with those like little details like that trying to figure out who was doing what uh that is uh that's very interesting to me yeah yeah it's like you're always questioning like okay who's in control right now is it Voss or is it Christopher like sometimes it's hard to to tell but I kind of sometimes I I kind of like having that openness of like we're not you're you're not really gonna know or I guess you can guess but like who really knows like I kind of like having like an openness to things or like that's kind of up to your own interpretation I always think that that's um you know interesting I do too yeah I think it's um you know I'm usually pretty good with like an ambiguous ending for a movie too i don't really think this was that but yeah i agree with you that those are those can be really interesting those like spark a lot of discussion i know they're frustrating to a lot of people which i you know i get um but yeah i part of the fun and that definitely can happen in horror movies and i think especially with like sci-fi and this type of thing um it's really interesting to like hear people's theories about it Mm -hmm. um and sort of what their interpretation of this, you know, sequence of events was, or uh, even, you know, if the director has, like, said anything on, you know, in interviews or whatever about this is how this was supposed to be interpreted or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I one of the things that I thought was really cool was, like, when Voss, uh, like, you're shown the process of, like, when Voss is possessing Christopher, like, I found those kind of, like, transition scenes really cool, like, her skin melting and, like, then, like, uh, coming back together to, like, become 
like him and like the information being read to Voss, like making sure that she pronounces uh, Colin's fiance's name correctly. Like, oh, it's Ava, not Ava. Or like knowing that he has IBS and like there's there's abdominal pain and, and that's going to be normal. Like I thought that that was really interesting. Or, or even when Voss is like spying on, um, on like uh, Christopher and like Ava in their home and she's trying to make sure that she can get like his his voice like correct like just the way that he pronounces things or just the way that he talks I was like wow that's really cool and um you know when she first uh, when Voss wakes up in the body of like uh, Christopher the first time like I thought the actor portraying him did a really excellent job of just like feeling like you're in the wrong body or like this body is unfamiliar to you I, I thought that that was done really well yeah, for sure. I think the acting across the board is really great. Um, I The thing that I remember him from the most with a lot of people, I think, is Girls. He was on that show for, yeah. for a while. Um, but he's a really good actor, and I think he's, from what I've read, uh, like a pretty accomplished and like known stage performer. Um, so yeah, I, I thought he was really great. Um, he did a really good job. And uh, as well, like you said, the, the visuals in this movie are really cool. Um, you get a lot of just like those transitional moments, you know, are very interesting. And uh, I really like the one before Eddie, you know, the lifeline guy is killed by Christopher mm-hmm. um, or by uh, is accidentally killed by Christopher during this like struggle, this internal struggle between him and Voss, where you sort of see this dreamlike sequence when he's strangling her on the bed and he just sort of squeezes and pops her head like a balloon yeah uh, and then wears her head like this weird mask which i think is what you see on the cover for this movie Mm -hmm. um for like the poster and then uh there's sort of a sequence of him walking around with this like weird mask on i thought that was so cool like really really cool yeah, I really like that too. I was like, damn, because that then that's like when he's wearing that mask, that's when he finds out like all these things like, oh, like where where her husband and, and her son is living. And I'm like, oh my God, that just makes it so much more creepy. Like not only just like him wearing that mask, but like <laughs> figuring out like, you know, her memories and like things that like where like where she's been and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Um, but yeah, like. I, I, I really, like, overall, like, really like this movie. Like, it's definitely something that I want to watch again, just because I always feel like, I don't know, the first time that I'm watching a movie, I'm, like, kind of stressed out, and I'm like, oh, I don't know where this is going or how this is going to end, but then the second time, it's like, okay, I, I, I know what to expect. I feel like I can pay more attention to to details more. Um, so I, I would definitely rewatch. I, I really, really liked it. I thought it was scary. I thought the acting was done. I thought it was an interesting, like, concept. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed. If you were to give this movie a rating, uh, maybe like a five-star system, what do you think you would go for? This is hard. Um... Mm-hmm. I feel like I would give it a pretty high rating. Um, yeah. Like maybe like, I think the the least I would give it is like a four out of five. I would probably give it like a 4.5 out of five. Like I, I really, really liked it. Like I thought it was so interesting. Um, I'm also like, I, I also haven't really gotten super into like body horror. So like, I was like, oh, like for, for the like, me kind of, you know, being um, exposed to this for the first time. I thought it was done really well. Um, there were just a lot of things that I that I enjoyed about it. Like, I, I feel like I haven't really seen anything like this. Like, I'm sure it's been done before, but I just thought like, oh, this is so like unique and like original. Like, I thought it was super cool. And like, you know, there are a lot of things that I already like going into because I was like, oh, it's Canadian and it's John Toronto and that's super cool. Um, and I knew like some of the actors going into it as well. So I was like, oh, this is going to be this is going to be good. And 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 I ended up really enjoying it. What what would you rate it? Yeah. Um, so I ag- agree on a lot of that. Like, I think the visuals are really great. I thought the acting across the board is really good. I thought the writing was great. Like there was no like weird dialogue moments and I feel like that can definitely happen in like some horror movies so I didn't really feel like any of that uh was going on I also didn't feel like um there was any really heavy uh 
I guess, exposition explaining the rules of this technology Mm -hmm. or anything, which I I liked because I think sometimes movies can get, you know, sort of distracted doing that and kind of it gets a little bit like bogged down and trying to explain this is how this works. And through the opening scene, you don't really know what's going on. You just have to wait and, you know, figure it out as the character, as you see her coming out of out of this sort of uh, possession sort of job um and going back to her family so i thought it um you know it it didn't in any way treat the viewer like it didn't know what was going on it trusted you to understand what was going to be happening and to and to figure it out which i always appreciate uh and it didn't get like like i said bogged down in explaining this is how the technology works or or some big thing like that which i think is definitely to its benefit um and yeah i i don't think it'll i want to watch it again for sure um, just to see what I think, especially in terms of like the third act. I, I'm sure there'll be things I didn't pick up on the first time. So I definitely want to watch it again for that reason, at least. Um, yeah, I, you know, I didn't find it super scary. I think even sometimes I didn't find it super tense. Like it, there was tension, but I wasn't always, um, I don't know, maybe I just didn't feel the stakes in it or something like that. I think that would be the one drawback to the movie for me is that it it, it didn't, um, you know, the I guess just like the stakes weren't always there for me because it sort of felt inevitable that, you know, what was going to happen with her family happened mm-hmm. um, and, and that uh, that was just going to sort of be the way it, it was. It was just a matter of how they got there um and I do think that's still interesting and worth exploring um so for me I think like the not not having a ton of tension all the way throughout um in I think especially in in the last in the in the in the in uh in the third act I think that's when they really needed it and I think there just wasn't quite enough of that for me so that would be the one drawback but otherwise I thought it was really solid I definitely want to watch it again um again really good looking movie I would say I would give it a a solid four out of five I think yeah yeah, I, I yeah. think that's a fair grade. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, like I said, I, I, I would watch again. I, I agree with you that I appreciate that it wasn't like explaining everything to you. Like, I, I didn't mention this, but you know, like, you know, when she's like, uh, you know, possessing somebody's body and like, when she's in like uh, Christopher's body, like you see like that they're like these white blobs, like a couple of times throughout and, and they're like an anomaly like in this <laughs> thing and like it's never really mentioned like she she never mentions like boss never mentions like oh there are these weird white blobs it's like she, uh, like she goes to touch them and that and then they disappear and i was like oh what the, what's that about but it's never like mentioned or discussed but i kind of like that it's just like yeah there's just like an anomaly it's never discussed and like you just kind of have to to figure it out for yourself as the movie goes on and uh you know, I, I feel like especially if you uh, like horror, you've watched horror movies before, it's like you, you don't need shit explained to you. Like you can you can kind of figure out where, where the story is going. Like it, it's nice that when a director like trusts their audience to, to pick up on things. Totally. Yeah, I think, yeah, the little like blob things, it's a good point. Um, I wonder if there's something either that, you know, specific that I missed about those but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think if nothing else, they were effective in doing what was maybe their only job, which was to just sort of signal to the audience and to Voss in the movie that there's a disruption going on and she is not well enough to be doing this mission. And they keep saying it's really high stakes. Like, you know, we, we can't afford any mistakes with this one. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, they sort of keep saying that. Um, and so I think they're potentially just there to, at the beginning, to sort of signal like, this isn't normal like this shouldn't be happening when I'm you know when I'm doing this job when I'm when I'm in here um and then I think shortly thereafter is when she has like the you know has like a really bad headache and like leaves and goes to the bathroom at work um but yeah I thought it was really good overall um and would definitely recommend that folks check it out um one other thing is that when I was looking into it to find a um a link for it that because it's not really streaming anywhere um was that uh if people were sort of talking about the uncut version a lot and like trying to find the uncut version is worth it but from the sort of brief research I did on that and I definitely could have missed something but it sort of seems like uh 
in some places or at a certain time, maybe when this movie came out, it was called Un- Possessor Uncut. Um, because when I looked up the runtime for Possessor Uncut, it was the same as the version that we watched, which I think was just called Possessor, didn't say Uncut or anything like that. Even though somebody commented and said it's not the uncut version, but I had the same runtime when I looked it up as the uncut version. So I'm not totally sure what was going on with that. Um, I haven't really seen a lot of other stuff about it, but it kind of seems like there's maybe only one version, although I could be wrong. Yeah. You know, dude, I actually have information about this. Oh, okay. Um, Because, um, uh, not, not as any, like, diss to you, but I didn't watch, like, the link that you sent me because I ended up torrenting it online. Mm -hmm. And the one that I torrented was the uncut version. And then I was like, oh, like, what's the difference? Like, I was looking up, like, what would be the difference? Because I was like, oh, I don't, I want to make sure I'm not watching a movie that, like, has different stuff that, you know, like, is, is this, like, as different as watching, like, Midsummer Director's Cut compared to the theatrical? Like, I didn't want it to be like that. And apparently, like, the the uncut version is just more gory and there's more dick. (laughs) Interesting, because you, okay, so I guess, I don't know if that would affect, how long was the one you watched, do you know? Yeah, it was, like, an hour and 45 minutes, I think. Yeah, I think mine was, like, an hour 43 yeah, so it, it's it really doesn't add that much. Like I think one of the things that yeah. I, I I don't know if this was in the one that you watch, but you know when um when uh, Voss is in the body of Christopher, and he takes that like I don't know what you call those things like the fire poker or whatever, and he's like mm-hmm. bashing him over the head with it. There's like a part where he sticks it in like his eye and like like did 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 you see that in in your version? I don't remember. Yeah. Well, anyway, I like I I think that that was one of the things that I, like I was reading some like uh, forums online and somebody mentioned like that was something that wasn't in the or like that 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 was in the uncut and I was like, well, like I don't know. I I think that it was just supposed to be a little bit more gory and there were like some more dick okay. scenes, but other than that, like I don't think it's it's like oh it's adding like a whole a whole scene that was cut out like it's it's just more like bloody and gory. I think. Okay, that makes sense. It's really funny because when I was sort of looking around at it last night, um, somebody said like, yeah, we we managed to get the uncut version and it was like, really recommend everybody does that. Like, it's way better. And it's like, I mean, we <laughs> no. just really want to see Christopher Abbott's dick. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you see most of it. Like, you see half of it in the uncut version. So, or in the regular version. Um, so it's really funny to me that they're like, yeah, they're really uh, excited about <laughs> yeah there's really Which not that much like you're, you're you're really not missing yeah. out on on much like i said there might be like like two minutes of like just being more like gory but you're not missing out on like major plot uh you know uh, things in the in the uncut that you're not getting in in the original so i i think either version is is fine if you want to see more dick and more blood then go with uncut but if you're you know, maybe hesitant about body horror, then maybe go for the original. But I mean, it's still pretty fucking gory, so. Yeah, it wasn't like, I mean, when he killed the father-in-law or fiance's dad, it was still very, I can't remember if that part was in it, like the eye thing, but it was still very gory and yeah. over the top. So it's it's just weird to me that there's like a uncut version that has like like two extra things in it that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not a big deal, but. Hey, either version is fine, man. Yeah. Um, Great. Well, I hope everybody has enjoyed this episode. Um, This was a fun movie to watch. Mm -hmm. Like we said, definitely recommend it if you haven't already seen it. You know the plot now, but uh, still worth watching. Um, You uh, can, just as a reminder to our audio-only listeners, we do have a YouTube uh, with our episodes on it now we're messing around with that trying that out a little bit um so if you want to do that it's funny because there are some podcasts I listen to that every once in a while there will be like a video element or like a live show that I I you know there's video for and it's so weird if you've been listening to a podcast for years to then see the person talking and like doing what they normally do it's it's just like so bizarre to <laughs> watch um like it's like oh I didn't think they would look like that with that voice like it's stuff like that oh so yeah I wonder if anybody who's watched uh any of the 
you know, this episode or the first one we put up last week uh, feels that way, that'd be interesting to find out. But yeah, you can check that out. Um, you can follow me on Letterboxd. I started a Letterboxd earlier this year um, and it's been really helpful because I used to just keep like a notes app, like a, a note in my phone about like what movies I've watched that year um, just to keep track of it. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll just get like a letterbox. Um, and it's great because you can like, people I follow on Twitter who are like really into movies and I can see what they're thinking about new things. That's how I actually like really found out about Possessor. Um, you know, it can add stuff to your watch list. Uh, so I'm on there at coolgirl.gov. But, um, you know, otherwise you can check out the rest of our socials, which I'll let Chantal um, <laughs> plug as, as yeah. per ritual. Yeah, we have uh, Twitter and Instagram, Don't Look At Me Pod. If you can follow us there, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss our, our new video element, please. And we work hard, Michaela works very hard on that. Um, we also make memes on, uh, you know, for Twitter and Instagram. So, you know, you, you can have a laugh over there. Um, please rate us five stars on um, Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate a nice review. Um, that's five stars only. Uh, you can follow us, subscribe to us, and don't look at us. Bye. Bye.